Welcome to New Community Church Podcast. Thank you for tuning in to hear today's message. We are encouraged to hear how God is using this ministry to touch lives. If you have a story to share or a prayer request for our prayer team, please email us at connect at newcommunity.co. Now please prepare your heart to hear a word from God today. Good morning, church. Hope you guys are doing good this morning. It is so good to see you here. And if you're new around here, let me just start by introducing myself. My name is Aaron, and I am the lead pastor here at NCC. And once again, if you're a guest, if it's your first time or if you're back from Easter, we are so glad that you're here with us this morning, worshiping with us. We are kicking off this brand new series called Forgotten God. And we're going to spend the next few weeks talking about God's Spirit and what God's Spirit does inside of us, the role that the Holy Spirit, God's Spirit, plays inside of our life and and what that means for us on a daily basis. And as we were looking at this series, you know, as you think about this, it's so difficult to try to talk about God and explain God. Um, if it wasn't, if you could adequately explain God, he's no longer God, right? You are at that point. If you can totally understand him and wrap your mind around everything that he is, he's not all-powerful. Um, and so this is a difficult series. It's difficult as we talk about this. And, and many times when we even talk about God's spirit, it's hard to think about that. It's hard to wrap our mind around that. We understand the idea as God is a father. All of us have, you know, earthly fathers. We see that in our world. We understand Jesus, the son of God, because we're human and he wrapped himself up in flesh and he came and lived among us. It's hard to think about God as a spirit because we, many times we don't have a context for that in our world um, or anything like that. And so to try to really think about that, to try to grasp God as a spirit is difficult at times, but God's spirit should be active in our life. And because of that mystery, sometimes he's forgotten. Sometimes we don't really think about the vital part that he should play in our life or why he was sent here to this earth, why he's given to us as a church and as believers and what that means for us. And so I want us to look at that. And to start off this morning, I want us to look at what it means and who God is, just even that idea. You know, we believe as Christians, we believe as a church that we worship one God, not three. Okay? One God, not three. And that may be a little confusing. Maybe you're saying, Aaron, I can count. You just said God the Father, God the Son, God the Spirit. That's three. But we believe that that's just one God. The word is very clear. In Deuteronomy chapter 6 in the Old Testament, God is speaking to his people and he says, Hear, O Israel, the Lord your God, the Lord is one. Not three, but one. And that's what he says to them. And so we believe that, that God is one, but he's manifested, he's demonstrated himself in, the, in three personhoods, the Father, the Son, and the Spirit. And so we wanted to try to create somewhat of a picture. So let me step back here. I feel like a mad scientist this morning. I should have a lab coat or goggles because of the steam rising up here, okay? And to kind of create a picture of this or to give you an idea or a better understanding is we have a substance here on this earth that is vital to our life. It's called H2O, okay? Taking you back to science class here in elementary school, okay? H2O, it's vital to us. It is two hydrogen atoms and an oxygen atom, and that is what part of what sustains life here on this earth. And it's found in three different forms, okay? H2O is found in a liquid form. You guys know this. You see this in rivers, streams, lakes, in the ocean, all of this. Um, I think Our world is made up of like 75% water and our bodies over 65% water. It's vital to our life. 
Um, H2O in liquid form is vital to us. We drink it. It helps us to live and function and all of that. We need that in our life. But it's not only found in liquid form here in this world. It's also found as a solid. H2O is found as ice. And we love that in Texas on hot summer days for shaved ice or ice in our sweet tea, right? So we thank you, Jesus, for ice. So we have H2O in a solid form. And then it's also found as a gas, steam, right? You see this naturally occurring in our world with geysers, Old Faithful, Yellowstone Park, and all of that. We see it as a steam, maybe to make, you do that at times, coffee, tea, all of that stuff. It's found in a gaseous form. But it's still the same thing, you guys. It doesn't matter if it's a liquid, a solid, or a gas. It is still the same substance. It is H2O. When it's in its liquid form, it's not H2O plus nitrogen. Or when it's a gas, it's not H2O plus sodium. It is H2O. And that's how it is with God. With this idea that God has demonstrated himself in three persons, he is still God. He's not three separate gods. He's still God in who he is. And as Christians, we believe some things about the Godhead or about the Trinity, as it's sometimes talked about in the Bible or in church world, um, this idea of the Trinity, and that is that God is co-substantial. That the Father, the Son, and the Spirit, they are made of the same substance. They're made of the same essence. They're not different in different forms. They're made of the same substance. That they're co-eternal. They have always existed. And just take a moment and think about that. There was no point in which God did not exist. That'll hurt your mind after a few minutes, okay? It's not like at one point God the Father said, okay, now I'm going to create the Son, and now I'm going to create the Spirit. No, they have all three of them always existed. There never was a point when they were not alive, when they were not a being. When we talk about Jesus being the Son of God, the begotten of God, coming from the Father, we're talking about what happened here on the earth, that God wrapped himself up in flesh and was born as a baby, was born to Mary and Joseph. That's what we're talking about, but he existed before that. They are co-powerful. That means that they are equally as powerful. They are all powerful, all three of them. It's not as if the Father is more powerful than the Son or the Spirit, or that the Spirit is more powerful than the Father and the Son. No, they are equally powerful. They are all three God. And that's what we believe about God, that we worship one God. That's who he is. And he has given us his spirit. He's given us himself. Now, it's not as if God evolved over time. Some people believe this. Well, maybe he started off as the father and then he became the son. And now in our time, he's kind of shown as the spirit. But from scripture, we understand that that's not true. See, there's a point in the gospels where we're told that Jesus was being baptized as an example for us. And he's there in the water, and he's placed under the water. He's brought back up. And as that happened, something demonstrates who God is in this idea of the Trinity, the, the personhood of God. Because as Jesus is standing there in physical form, there's a voice that comes from heaven. It's the Father, and he says, this is my Son. In him I am well pleased. At that point, the Spirit of God descends upon Jesus. It's like a dove coming down upon him. Now, this wasn't a magic trick. Okay, Jesus wasn't a ventriloquist throwing his voice from heaven, then transporting in the spirit coming down. No, this is a demonstration of the personhood of God, the Father, the Son, and the Spirit. All in that moment, we get a picture of that. That's who God is. And Jesus has given us his spirit. There's some very specific things that the spirit of God does in our life. Jesus said that the spirit of God draws us to himself. 
He says no one comes to God unless the Spirit draws him. So if you're a believer, even if you're not a Christian, but you're asking questions about God, who is God? How do I know if God is real? Those questions are a demonstration of God's Spirit at work in your life. It's God's Spirit drawing you. You wouldn't ask those questions of yourself unless God hadn't first called to you, unless God wasn't pursuing you, drawing you by his spirit is what we see in God's word. There's something else. God's spirit is given to everyone as a seal, as a sign that we belong to God, that we belong to him, that we're his. So if you've been married or you've been a part of a wedding ceremony, um, you've seen one of these, right? I gave this to my wife right here. When we were married um, almost 18 years ago, and it was a sign, it was a symbol that we belonged to each other, that we had made a commitment, and that's what God's Spirit is in our life. So if you're a follower of Jesus, you have the Spirit of God living inside of you. This is not a special thing for super Christians or people that go to church a lot. This is for everyone who says, I've accepted Jesus into my life, and I believe that He is the Son of God and that He has forgiven me of my sins. Everyone that makes that confession, has the Spirit of God living inside of them. It's that seal. It's that symbol that you belong to God, that you're part of His family. This is the work of God's Spirit inside of us. And so this morning, I want us to look at what is the purpose of God's Spirit. I want us to turn to Scripture and look at a few of these things that were given by God's Spirit. And so if you have your Bibles, turn to John chapter 14. If you don't have a Bible, there's a Bible in the seat in front of you, and it's on page 525 in that Bible. And we're going to look at this, God's Spirit playing an active part in our life. And as we go through this series, as we're walking through this, this is the purpose of this. As we talk over the next few weeks, we want to make sure that God's Spirit is not forgotten inside of us. And so one of the ways that we're going to do that is simply invite God's Spirit into our life. So if you have that, John 14, just hold that for a second, because we're going to do something and just ask, God, we want your spirit inside of our life. There's a prayer that we're going to pray every day together as a church. It's going to be on our website. It's going to be on social media. And what we want you to do is we want you every day when you wake up, when you're getting ready, when you're driving to work, whatever it is, as you start your day to pray this prayer and invite God's spirit to be a part of your everyday life. So every week when we're together in this place on Sunday morning, we're going to do this as a church. And so you can see it up here, this prayer that we're going to pray together. So we're going to do this this morning, just asking God's Spirit to be a part of our life. We're going to pray this together, okay? So I'm going to kind of lead us out, but you're going to say it with me. It's up here on the screen so you can see this. So let's just do this together out loud, church. God, help me not forget your Spirit today. Lead me, guide me, and give me power to live for you. Give me the boldness to speak to the people in my life about you. I'm asking you to fill every moment of my day today. Church, I want us to be praying this, to open up our life to what God wants to do through his spirit to change us. And so we're going to see this, what Jesus says, the role of the spirit. So John chapter 14, um, and we're going to start reading at verse 15 here. These are the last few moments that Jesus is spending with his disciples giving them instructions what's going to happen after he dies. And he says this in John chapter 14, verse 15. If you love me, you will keep my commandments. And I will ask the Father, and he will give you another helper, that's the Spirit of God, to be with you forever, even the Spirit of truth. 
whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees him nor knows him. You know him, for he dwells with you and will be in you. So Jesus is giving these instructions, and he's saying, hey, this is what's going to happen. I'm going to go away, but God is going to give you another helper. He's going to give someone to come alongside of you and to guide you, um, to be there present in your life, um, to direct you everything that you are doing. Now he says, the world doesn't know the Spirit of God. They don't believe in God. They don't believe that he exists, but you do as a believer in Christ. You know him, and he dwells inside of you. He lives inside of your life. And then he goes on in verse 18 to say, to say this, I will not leave you as orphans, I will come to you. And then jump down to verse 25. These things I have spoken to you while I am still with you. But the helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all that I have said to you. In your Bible, you can just underline that right there. He will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all that I have said to you. What's taking place here? This group of men that Jesus is talking to, they had lived with him for three years. They had gone everywhere that Jesus had gone. They had walked. They had seen him open the eyes of the blind, heal the lame, raise the dead, feed 5,000 people, signs and wonders. They had heard Jesus teach about the kingdom of God. And now Jesus looks at them and says, I'm going away. But I'm not going to leave you as orphans. I'm not going to kind of toss you out there and say, hey, you got this Christianity thing down. Hope you figure it out. Go ahead and do that on your own. No, he said, I'm going to send you my spirit. God's going to send my spirit to you to lead you, to guide you. For what? To bring to your remembrance everything that I've said. Everything that you've seen me do for the past three years, the Spirit of God is going to bring that back to your mind. He's going to lead you in your life. It's that same way with us as we read Scripture, as we see what it is that Jesus is saying. We're like the disciples, and God is speaking that same thing to us. I'm giving you my Spirit to bring back to your mind everything that I have spoken. And see, that's what we need to do. We need to let God's Spirit lead us. Let Him lead you, church. In your everyday life and everything that you have done. We don't have Jesus physically here on this earth, but we do have God's spirit. And he said, I'm not going to leave you alone. I'm going to give you my spirit and he's going to bring to your mind everything that you have to do. And that's our life. That's what takes place inside of us. See, if we don't have the spirit of God, we typically just go through the routine, through all of the tasks that we have to do. So your day may start something like this, okay? You wake up in the morning, right? Walk into the bathroom, you brush your teeth. Hopefully you brush your teeth, okay? So you start off, you brush your teeth, right? You're getting ready. You're going through your routine. You get up, you eat breakfast, maybe make breakfast for the kids or for your spouse or for someone else, for your brother, for your sister, whatever. You're making breakfast, right? You drive to school, you drive to work, you get on the bus and go to school, whatever that is. You sit in your classroom, get the assignment, complain about how hard school is, complain about how hard your boss is, how you don't like your work, all of that stuff, right? You go through the routine of your day. You do whatever it is that you typically do every single day. You get home from work or from school. You do homework, you do chores, laundry, wash dishes, all of those things that you have to do to kind of function. You make dinner, you um, take your kids to the soccer game. If you have a soccer uh, or if you have kids or whatever it is, t-ball, all of those things that you do day in and day out, we go through the routine of our life just 
kind of existing. And then at the end of the day, we pull ourselves into bed, utterly exhausted, just thinking, okay, I have to do it all again tomorrow. And apart from God's spirit at work inside of us, we just assume this is all that there is. It's just doing this. I go to church on Sundays, and then I go throughout my week, and I kind of just live my life. And Jesus said, no, I've given you my spirit to kind of shake up your week, to make things different, to make sure that you don't just fall into the routine, but you understand that there is something more that God has meant us for more in our life. And so when we do this, what we just did a minute ago, we start our day off by just asking, God, what do you want to do today? Let your spirit fill my life. Don't let me just live for myself today. Give me the boldness to speak to others. God, fill every moment of my day today, Lord. Let it be about you. When we begin to pray prayers like that, our day is different. See, we get up and we go through the routine of school or work and all of those other things that we have to do, household chores. But all of a sudden, as we're going through those routines, something begins to change inside of us. And we're praying, God, what does your spirit want to do today? Lord, how is your spirit wanting to lead me? God, what is it that you want to take place inside of me? And all of a sudden, you remember Psalms 37, 21, that says, the unrighteous just gathers for himself, but the righteous gives generously. And you remember, oh, I've got $20. And God's spirit may lead you to someone, and you may say, hey, here you go. And just, God wanted me to give that to you, to bless you. Why? Because God's spirit is now leading you. God's spirit is directing you. You're walking throughout your day and you're going along and it's just kind of your routine. But all of a sudden, God's spirit is bringing something to your mind, something that you need to remember. And you remember James chapter 5 verse 16 that says this, that if we will confess, if we'll share with others the needs in our life, the prayer of the righteous person will be powerful and it will be effective. And so you're walking past someone and you just stop and ask, hey, is there anything I can pray with you about? Hey, I remember last week you mentioned this need. Let me just stop and let me pray for you real quick. Why? I'm not just living for myself anymore. My eyes are open, my ears are open to the leading of God's spirit. It's not just going through the routine anymore and what I have to do. It's being led by God's spirit and allowing him to speak to me. And now he's bringing back scriptures to my mind of what it was that Jesus said. At the end of the day when I'm laying there before I turn on the TV, I remember 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 14, where Paul says to the church there, Hey, I encourage you, admonish everyone, encourage the faint-hearted, help the weak, be patient with them all. And I pick up my phone and I text someone, hey, I'm thinking about you. I want you to know God believes in you. I want you to know maybe you're facing a difficult time, but God has a plan, God has a purpose, God has something for your life. This is not the end. God is doing something amazing in you. Just keep going strong. See, I'm encouraging other people. My life is no longer just about myself. Not just going through the routine of my day, but now I'm being led by God's Spirit. He's bringing back to my mind everything that Jesus taught. Now, how do you know that? How do you know that this is the leading of the Spirit? Let me give you kind of a simple equation here. I'm like most people, okay? I need money, which makes me a little bit selfish, okay? I don't like to give away money a lot to other people. And so if I'm in a situation and... I sense something, hey, I should go over and help that person. I should buy some groceries for my neighbor. I should pay for that person's lunch. I should do that. I know it's probably not me, right? 
because I'm stingy. I'm selfish. Okay, no one else is going to admit this. You guys are just going to sit there and look at me. Okay? I know it's not Satan, right? He's not generous. And so I can assume, God, that's your spirit. You're bringing back scripture to my mind. Okay? It's weird to walk up to someone and just ask them, hey, can I pray for you? And so I know that's not me. I'm going to be awkward. I'm going to be embarrassed. I'm not going to want to put myself in that situation. So I know it's not me. I know the devil doesn't want me to pray for people. Okay? That's not his goal. So what can I assume? Oh, God, that's your spirit. See, that's you challenging me to get out of my comfort zone. It's not just me making up ideas or making up these voices. No, God, that's your spirit reminding me. You said that you would bring back to my mind everything that Jesus spoke. And so that happens. I'm in a situation and all of a sudden a scripture pops in my mind. I'm going throughout my day and God brings someone here in the church to my mind and just says, pray for them. I don't know what you're going through in that moment, but I stop. I want to be led by the Spirit, and so I pray for you. I ask God to be in your life that day, to work in whatever situation, whatever it is you're facing. See, it's not just me. It's not just me making up this scenario. No, it's God's Spirit leading us. He's leading you, church. He's trying to direct you so that you don't just go through the routine day in and day out living for yourself, but that you start to open up your life to be led by God's spirit. That's his purpose inside of us. In John chapter 14 and chapter 15 and 16, Jesus continues this conversation. And if you have your Bibles open, I want to encourage you to flip over a few pages and turn to John chapter 16 and verse 7. He continues this conversation with his disciples about the spirit of God being given to us. And this is what he says in Chapter 16, verse 7, it says this, Nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It is to your advantage that I go away. This is Jesus talking. It's good that I go away. For if I do not go away, the helper will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him to you. And when he comes, he will convict the world concerning sin and righteousness and judgment. Concerning sin, because they do not believe in me. Concerning righteousness, because I go to the Father, and you will see me no longer. Concerning judgment, because the ruler of this world is judged. Because the ruler of this world is judged. So Jesus is looking at this group of men. And he's saying, hey, I know you're thinking that this is going to be hard. You want me to stay here with you. But it's actually vitally important that I go away. See, Jesus was limited here by a physical body. While he was here on this earth, God had wrapped himself up in flesh, and he could only be in one place at one time. But he said, if I go away, I'm going to send my spirit. God's spirit is going to be with you. And he's not just going to be limited to a physical body in one place at one time. He's going to be everywhere. He's going to be with you at your work. He's going to be with you in the classroom, at school, and everywhere that you go. He's going to be in your neighborhood and in your house. He's going to be with you everywhere. God's Spirit can fill the earth. It's important that I go away because God is going to send His Spirit who will fill you. And what's His Spirit going to do when He comes into our lives? When He's present here on this earth, what is it that God's Spirit, what will happen? Jesus says three things will take place. He's going to convict the world concerning sin. Maybe you, maybe you remember when you first started coming to church or whenever you first came to Christ. 
and being around church and even being around other Christians may have been difficult for you. For some of you, it may have been like that this morning. Maybe this is your first time back at church and you're thinking, I'm just glad the ceiling didn't fall in on me because I don't feel like I should belong here. And what that is, is it's God's spirit letting us know that we weren't designed to live our own way. We were created to live God's way. See, sometimes even you as a Christian, being around other people, they get uncomfortable. I was talking with one of my kids about this even this week, and sometimes her friend, she's uncomfortable. Angela doesn't even have to say anything. It's because God's spirit is living inside of her. And people around her know, you know what? Maybe I'm not living the way that God meant for me to live. Sometimes it doesn't even take your words. It's just God's presence in your life. And other people know, man, I'm missing something. Something's lacking inside of me. See, he's going to convict the world concerning sin. He's going to work in righteousness. He's saying that I'm not going to be here, but I'm going to work in righteousness. I'm going to remind you of those things. If you've ever been in that moment of temptation and all of a sudden you have that thought, I need to pray. I need to get out of here. You remember a scripture. You're tempted to look at something you shouldn't look at or have a conversation or do something you shouldn't do. And all of a sudden, you remember something that was said for, from some preacher, for something you read in the Bible. That's God's spirit. He's convicting you of righteousness. There's a way that he has designed you to live. And he's calling you closer to himself. And then he says he's going to work in this world in judgment. Why? Because the ruler of this world is already judged. This is God's spirit working inside of us, reminding us that the enemy is defeated. This is what we talked about last week, that Satan has been defeated. That whatever it is, the sin of your past, whatever those struggles were, whatever those addictions are, and you're thinking, man, they just seem so strong. God is stronger. He won victory on the cross. He overcame sin and death. We talked about this last week. The enemy is defeated. Satan's been defeated. And it's that reminder, the spirit of God inside of us, you don't have to live like that anymore. You don't have to live a victim to your sin. You don't have to live as a victim to addictions. There's nothing that has to have that power over you. Jesus has already won. The ruler of this world has already been judged. That's God's spirit in us, church. It's God's spirit. It's not just us trying to muster up enough strong will to overcome it. No, it's God's spirit saying, I've already made you victorious. I'm at work inside of you. I looked at this and I was thinking about this movie that I used to watch as a little kid. Many of you guys, you may remember this. Pinocchio, right? You guys remember this Disney movie as a little kid, right? And this is the wooden puppet, and he wants to become a real boy. That's kind of his goal, and he's just learning and discovering um, how to kind of function and go to school and make good decisions and all of that, and he's given Jiminy Cricket. And to be honest, I had no idea how to spell Jiminy until this morning when I had to Google it, but I looked it up, and if you guys remember the movie, this little cricket is his conscience. And he, he's talking to him. He's coaching him about how to live in society and how to function and, and to do all of that. How to behave, how to obey his dad, and how to spend money and how to go to school and make good decisions. And sometimes that's what we think of God's spirit. Well, maybe he's kind of this little thing that just sits there on our shoulder and he kind of coaches us to make the right decisions. But it's different than what we saw in that movie. He's not just a voice in our head. He's not just someone there kind of telling us the right things to do. See, God's spirit doesn't only lead and direct you. 
He empowers you. See, he's not just telling you, hey, this is what you should do. Now go out there and try to do it on your own. No, the spirit of God inside of you, the spirit of God living in you, gives you the strength, gives you the boldness, gives what you need to live out what it is that Jesus is asking you to do, what it is that scripture says, you're not there on your own. He said, I'm not gonna leave you as an orphan. I'm giving you my spirit. Church, have you ever stopped and thought about that? The God of all creation. The God who made everything simply with his spoken word, simply by what he said, he created everything. He's living inside of you. You're telling me he can't help overcome sin? He can't help overcome that temptation in your life? He can't help you draw closer to Christ? See, this is the God of all creation living inside of you. It's not just a voice in your head trying to get you to make the right decisions. No, he has empowered you. He's given you the power, church, to live that victorious life to live in a righteousness that comes from God, not from yourself, not trying to do it on your own, not just trying to be a good person. No, this is the power of God, God's righteousness living through your life. It changes things. Changes the way that you treat your spouse or your kids or your brother or your sister. It changes the way that you look at that other person or think about that other person that cuts you off in rush hour traffic, right? that says something to you in your workplace or that does something, it changes all of that because now God's spirit is inside of you, leading you, guiding you, working through you to draw other people to himself. Church, are you allowing God's spirit to work in your life every day or has he been forgotten? Is it just some idea out there that you read in the Bible at one point or every day? Are you asking God, what do you want today? Holy Spirit, how do you want to work in my life today? Where will you lead me? What do you want to say? What will you bring back to my remembrance, God, in that moment that I need it? So that I can be changed, so that someone else can be changed. See, God's Spirit was given to us so that every day we could live and walk in His power. And I want to pray for us. I'm going to ask if you would bow your head and close your eyes this morning. And as I've been talking, I just want to ask if there's anyone in this room that you're saying, Aaron, you've been talking about God giving us his spirit, but I don't even have a relationship with God. I've not taken that first step of really inviting Jesus to be a part of my life. And that's the first step in God's spirit living in us. If we don't have that relationship, we don't believe in God, then he cannot be an active part of our life. And maybe you're here this morning, and even as I've been talking, just what Jesus said, God's Spirit's been drawing you. You felt something that you have not felt before. Maybe you've been made aware of some things in your life that are not right, some ways that you're living that are not honoring God. But this morning, you're saying, I want to make that right. I want a brand new start. And if that's you in a moment, I'm going to ask you to stand up right where you're at and to come forward to the altar. I want to pray for you right up front here. Jesus said that we've all sinned, we've all messed up, and we can't fix ourselves. There's nothing we can do in and of ourselves. It's only God's grace. It's only his gift of salvation. 
He went to the cross and he paid the price for your sin and for my sin so that we could be in a relationship with God. And if that's you, you've either walked away from your relationship with God or maybe you've never had it, but this morning you're saying, Aaron, I want that. I want that brand new start. If that's you, would you just stand up right where you're at and come forward to the altar? I want to pray for you. Just right now, if God's speaking to you, respond. He wants to do something new in your life. For you, the decision that you're making today, man. And I'm going to ask if you would pray this prayer with me, whether you're saying it for the first time, whether you've prayed this before, just repeat this after me. Jesus, I come to you. I know that I need you. I'm asking you to forgive me. Take away my sin. Give me a brand new life. Be the savior of my life. Be the Lord of my life. Fill me with your spirit. And I pray this in your name. Amen. Church, can we just celebrate together? The Bible says that, that all of heaven rejoices. All of heaven celebrates when someone responds and comes into God's kingdom, becomes a part of God's family. And we're excited this morning for that happening. And now, church, I just want to pray for each of us. Just what we've talked about here this morning, that we would be a church, that as believers in Jesus, we would be people who have God's spirit as an active part of our life. Not just something that we experience on a Sunday morning, but every day, wherever you're going this week, whatever it looks like in your workplace, in school, in your family, in your neighborhood, wherever that is at, that you would be led by God's Spirit. That God's Spirit would produce righteousness inside of you that would bring that change and that transformation. So as I begin to pray this morning, I'm going to ask if you just right where you're sitting at, just begin to invite God's Spirit in. It doesn't have to be some eloquent prayer. You don't have to use the right words. Just say, God, I'm asking you, be a part of my life. Come in, Lord, fill up every day. Let's pray together, church, that God would do that this week. Lord, we come before you. And God, I just want to say thank you for your spirit. Jesus, you did not leave us here on this earth to try to do this on our own, to try to figure this out by ourselves. You gave us your spirit, Lord, so that we could live victorious, God, so that we could live as overcomers. And I'm praying this week, let us be that kind of church. Holy Spirit, lead us. Lead us. Remind us of your word. God, lead us to pray for other people. Lead us to speak to other people. God, direct every single moment of every day. God, we want to be led by you. Produce righteousness in us. God, remind us you have made us overcomers. We don't have to live victims of sin anymore, God. God, we can live in your righteousness. Do that inside of us. And God, as we live for you, Bring about change and transformation to other people around us. God, let us live in the power of your spirit. And we pray this in your name. Amen.